welcome back to another episode of the Hitchcock Minute. Each week, Movies by Minutes hosts examine the 1959 Alfred Hitchcock-directed thriller, North by Northwest, one minute of screen time per episode. Uh, I'm Eric Nash from Watchmen Minute. I'm Travis Bowe from Real Comic Heroes. And I'm Steve Lasto from Hailing Frequencies Reopened. Hey, welcome back, Steve. How you doing? Great. Thanks for having me again, guys. Yeah. Sorry we had to put you up on the uh, the Aubusson settee. <laughs> <laughs> My back is killing me. <laughs> um, so today is uh, Wednesday with uh, Minute 88. And it starts with Roger's enemy stating he's disappointed and ends with Roger comparing Eve to a piece of sculpture. Or a little statue as as a lot of my other information about it <laughs> oh. happens to uh, refer to it as. Mm-hmm. So when, when I was doing a control F for statue, I was like, that's not hitting as many things as I oh. thought it would. <laughs> it's one of those great suspenseful minutes that we get kind of throughout this movie, but just finally getting these two men kind of together on, on screen again. Um, and we're still not sure, like, is Roger going to blow up? And, and I started thinking about, you know, I talked about, uh, I think last week, the example of the Hitchcock example of like suspense versus um, yeah. tension or surprise or forget which. But, you know, no, it's like seeing the bomb that's under the table, but not knowing when it's going to go off. And so here we have Roger confronting Van Damme and you just don't know, like, is he just going to go crazy, um, you know, because you got Van Damme who is orchestrating this whole thing, you know, next to him is the guy that poured the bottle of bourbon down Roger's throat. And then you've got Eve who he's now kind of, uh, recently been discovering that it isn't quite what she seems to be. So, um, just in terms of like tension, I think that's this minute and this conversation is just perfectly executed, um, with uh, with this little interaction that we get, yeah, yeah, the very first thing that uh, Van Dam is saying here, uh, after we left them last last minute, uh, you know, Van Dam saying, "You disappoint me, sir," and Thornhill's just throwing that right right onto her. You know, <laughs> I was just going to say that to her. You know, yeah, he, he's he's pretty disappointed in her, and and uh, and and probably seeing you know seeing uh, Van Dam with his hand on her like that, you know. That's that's also kind of ramping up his his uh, you know mistrust in her. Yeah, as well. I love this um this line. If you poured any good drunks lately, <laughs> yeah, that, that that seems to have gone completely out of out of style in the last um god sixty years. <laughs> hmm. Um, but uh, again, Thornhill's simmering is sort of wonderful. I mean, he's he's totally a fish out of water. He still clearly doesn't really know it. Um, his insults are, yeah. his insults are, I, like, I enjoy the insults he's, hur- he's hurling left and right at them, but, um, you know, he's still playing a different game. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting because he came here not knowing what he was going to find. And so he's just improvising. And I, I guess at this point, maybe he just feels like, what do I have to lose? Why not just go up and confront them? Which, you know, clearly... Uh, surprises Van Dam because he th- he thinks that the the man Kaplan that he 
thinks that he's dealing with, you know, is is more uh, stealthy than that, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, saying that he know he understands him to be a, a shrewd fellow at his job. So, but but then the thing I kind of wondered about is that you know, even though he thinks that, and that's fine that he thinks that. I still could see because you you definitely brought this up uh, last week, and I I heard like I was saying last minute. I heard I've heard other people doing the podcast uh, mm-hmm. um, talking about how this is kind of this precursor to James Bond. Mm-hmm. Um, sure. So I feel like I've seen James Bond in movies though do something like this about at about this point in the movie as well. Yeah. You know where it's out in a public setting, fairly fairly public setting. Um, you know where he he does go up to the the, the main villain supposedly at the movie or, or or who he believes is yeah his big nemesis you know at least at the gambling table classically a couple of times, yeah I think. yeah right. yeah James Bond is a terrible spy <laughs> but yeah you're right he he will often you know go just go up to the villain and yeah. and lay it all out and like because he knows it'll it'll get him in position for the next mm-hmm. kind of uh, volley. I guess, and and that line, uh, the have you poured any good drunks lately? He's talking, you know. At that point, he switched. You know, he was talking to Van Dam, and and he's saying that to uh, to Mark Landau's character uh, Leonard, which which for us we haven't seen yet. We did talk. We've talked a little bit about him because we knew he was coming up, kind of, and or maybe stuff that we we knew we'd seen him do before, you know, in the previous scenes that, that uh, Leonard was in. But uh, Martin Landau himself, I mean, we can go, if, if you guys had, had looked into him, I mean, I, I hope you know a couple of the things in, in the in the kind of 80s, 90s that uh, he certainly stands out for me being in. Martin Landau? Yeah. Um, uh, the, the first one when I was more of a kid was was uh, Tucker in that movie hmm. about the uh, building building the car, the yeah. Tucker, by, by the man named Tucker, right. uh, played by uh, Jeff Bridges. But he was... Kind of the the older uh, guy uh, helping them out and behind mm. the scenes doing stuff. I think if I remember right. But then, but then the bigger role a few years later was in uh, in Edward. Sure, as Bella Lugosi. I've never really seen Martin Landau in a lot. Yeah. Um, the one thing that I probably watched him in the most because um, I was I was in a really big Matt Damon phase when I was. Oh. Uh, I guess in the late '90s, uh, Goodwill Hunting and and uh, Rounders. He's in Rounders as like <clears throat> he's an older judge who's kind of a mentor to Matt Damon's character. So that that's honestly probably the thing I've seen him in and know him from yeah. the most. Um, but I understand that he's you know famous for some other things, uh, especially Ed Wood. Um, if I had to take a guess, the first thing I ever saw him in was the um, the Harlem Globetrotters on Gilligan's Island, <laughs> which you know is a classic. Wow! Um, wow! And we should take a moment here. I think I think Curly Neal died this week, so yeah, um, that's right. Yeah, so I hear that. moment for Curly Neal. <laughs> um, but Tucker is actually a really good movie. Hmm. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> Um, the thing I actually just saw him real recently in was uh, he was he was playing twins in an episode of uh, Columbo. <laughs> hmm. From uh, nice. I'm pretty sure it was like a, a more mid late seventies, roughly. Yeah, he's got a great look here. Oh, he's 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 evil personified. Here. Yeah, it's crazy. I was just uh, recently talking about um, Timothy Dalton in The Rocketeer. 
Um, I did covered that on my other show and how, when I look at Timothy Dalton, all I can see, especially in that movie is like a, I don't know, thirties, forties, Walt Disney animated, like villain wolf. Like he has that look of the, the pre- mustache. Yeah. Kind of just, <laughs> just that he just looks like a wolf sometimes. And I'm kind of getting that vibe from, from, uh, Martin Lando here, mm-hmm. here as well. It's kind of an odd, like, you know, way to think of someone, but it just, just, that's the vibe I get. Um, he, he has that and he, and he, and he really does seem to be kind of, uh, uh, Van Damme's, you know, like, you know, lead henchman. Yeah. Top top goon, mm-hmm. you know, and 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 he certainly could have some other goons, and that's kind of what I think of <laughs> usually as the as the uh, uh, next level down, uh, you know, J- Joker and Penguins <laughs> henchmen back on sure. the '60s show, <laughs> um, but none of them none of them having kind of his gravitas that uh, yeah, he he's kind of he kind of can be the lead and, and brains for mm-hmm. a group of two or three other guys that aren't, aren't quite all there. I like that. He's um, that, well, the Leonard character now that Leonard is um, more on top of the fact that um, <laughs> Roger has been in Eve's hotel room. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Um, like his reaction is a little more, you know, on the nose um, though. You do get the hand remove as well. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's interesting that the Leonard's the one that asks, you know, he was in your room. And I'm wondering, is that is he putting things together a little bit faster than Van Damme? And is he, for whatever reason, is he trying to get Eve into trouble? Because um, I, I feel like it's been a little while since I've watched the movie and, and towards the end. I, I feel like he kind of drives a little bit of a wedge between, you know, between uh, Eve and, and Van Damme. So I wonder if that's kind of what he's doing here. Um, and, and, just, and there is a reason for that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> have you have you have you heard have you heard this news that uh, you know there's supposedly this uh, thing where he he and Hitchcock uh, I guess I think together kind of orchestrated this that they would play him gay without okay. without ever you know having anything so over, you know, sure, over the top sure. to indicate that but certainly at that point in 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 the world yeah uh, yeah. Kind of the uh, it wouldn't be said. Smither, Smithers to yeah. Mr. Burns, yeah. sort of like right-hand man. I can nope. see a Philip Leonard thing there. That's actually um, – that could be a thing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the uh, the the whole like him removing uh, – Van Damme removing his hand from her shoulder. Just the look on her face that, you know – that real look of fear as if she's a little worried now what, what he may do to her. Um, and it's interesting that, that, that Van Damme cares that, uh, Roger may have been uh, alone with her and that he didn't know it until now. Well, I mean, putting aside the, you know, the, the, the treachery implicit in that, you know, I I think it's safe to say that Eve's a pretty good catch, and Phillips and Phillips into it. Hmm. Um, Van Dam, sorry, Van Dam's into it. Van Dam. Um, <laughs> I, I mean, so I, I think the you know, well, I don't think he's like necessarily deeply in love with her or anything like that. I think that he's happy to have her along for the ride. Yeah, she she's his prize <laughs> to have. 
you know, good-looking blonde <laughs> lady to have younger on the younger side too. Hmm. If you're gonna be an international man of mystery, you gotta have a prize. Yeah, it can be Leonard, it can be Eve, it doesn't matter. You gotta have a prize. Hmm. And uh, you know, and I, and I brought up I brought up Martin Landau this minute, but I should have brought up. Uh, uh, James Mason last minute, I, you know, that was our first with him, too. I mean, mm-hmm. we kind of had Landau a little bit last minute, but not actually saying anything. But, but um, you know, for him, for me, I, you know, I just, I, I know his impersonation more so than being done <laughs> yeah. by, you know, on SNL by, um, oh, what's, uh, crap, I can't remember the guy that does it pretty good. Um, the guy who does uh, Stefan. Oh, oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Hater. He, um, yeah, Hater does it. Yeah. Bill Hader. Um, but um, you know, and then looking at looking at you know the top right off the bat, what he's known for on Wikipedia. I mean, nothing's really popping out at me. You know, I just don't. Besides this movie that, I, like I said, I've I've known throughout most of my life. I, I'm sure as a kid I had seen Twenty Thousand Leagues yeah. Under the Sea. Yeah. Um, so I, I'm guessing I've I've seen oh. him in that, but I have no memory of that. Um, so yeah, he's 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 kind of a new new actor to me um and i definitely you know recognize the voice mm-hmm. more so than than the actor so and the one the one that does pop out though is uh lolita oh yeah 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 i was gonna say i feel like with a lot of these actors they were in so many so many movies they had such long careers um that they had a lot of minor roles you know, like I know I watched the Salem's Lot TV series 30 or 40 yeah. years ago. Um, I have no idea what the role was. And I certainly saw Lolita more than once. Um, so you've seen a lot of actors, you've seen them here and there. and But you've never made, never really seen them in their big things that happened, you know, years and years and years ago. Yeah. But um, Mason's career, man, from 1935 to 1985. It's a solid 50 years. Yeah. He dies before it's over, so (laughs) he really rang every moment out of it. Yeah. Um, We kind of touched on it. Um, Just the way that Roger twists every line coming from um, everyone else here in in this conversation, but he twists every question or comment from these three into a snide remark, like it throws it right back at, yeah, you know, right back in their face. He's he's so nasty in this minute. It's it's really great. He he deserves it. Yeah, um, yeah. And I think all he knows to do right now is push buttons. I mean, he's clearly you know yeah. if you if you go forward a little bit, he's looking to provoke something. Mm-hmm. Whether that's a good idea or not, I don't know. But um, yeah, all he can really do is 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 push buttons right now and hope it leads to something that gets him exonerated. Mm-hmm. Well, and, and like I was saying, uh, at the end of last minute, I think uh, we do we, we do find out um, that uh, it, uh, his nemesis here is named Van Dam. Mm-hmm. From this, um, that is this minute, right? Is it? Um, I still don't know. Uh, I don't still don't think not. the name is said. I know. We it's might come get up it. even more so. <laughs> that. <laughs> Um, something I did just notice, um, if you go to like second 2021, there's, uh, there's, you know, Cary Grant is standing towards the left of the frame and just between his, his right arm and the edge of the frame, there's a man who is sitting in the, in the crowd, in the audience. 
or I guess in the in he's an auctioneer, you know, or whatever. Uh, 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 yeah, a bidder. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. Uh, someone in the in the, the bidding crowd. Um, he will come back <laughs> yep. as a bigger part later. That I just now realize, like he's he's over here, kind of giving Roger the side eye, kind of keeping an eye on things. That so. I don't want to spoil anything, but yeah. Uh, as far as I know, later on, it's never referred to that he's here either, though. You know, but it is. It is just. I mean, in doing this minute by minute, you know, I I, I did catch that for the first time myself. A couple it's days ago, very you know. subtle. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's yeah. a good seed that's planted. Yeah, I saw it. I unlike the um, unlike the scene at the beginning of the movie. I I did catch this, but I wasn't sure, and never mm. had a chance to really go back and look at the. The minutes closely. I wasn't sure if it was this minute or another minute that he, they sort of show him real quickly. Mm. But um, there's just enough sort of you know focus on him. Yeah. In one of these minutes that you're like, okay, that dude's gonna come back again. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, the other thing that kind of comes back again is uh, is what uh, Van Damme and and Leonard end up bidding on. You know, mm-hmm. and that's that's yeah. always an interesting thing that you know Van Damme is instructing <laughs> Leonard yeah. to do the the sexual bidding, <laughs> but. But uh, this, uh, uh, as we've already talked about, piece of sculpture or statue, and it's and it's even uh, more specifically called the Mexican Perpetua. Okay. Perpetua <laughs> statue. Hmm. Pretty ugly. <laughs> yeah, I like it. It gets to about three hundred uh, in the bidding, um, and that's when Leonard starts to like take interest in it. And then I don't know if he nudges Van Dam maybe, but then Van Dam starts to pay attention to it, and that's when they start to start the bidding. You know, around five hundred, start getting involved. So, and I almost I almost expect Roger to sort of interrupt the bidding. Like now that he knows that they're interested in this thing, you know, yeah, maybe, that would have well, been an interesting thing. Yeah, I mean, uh, certainly we know he he's doesn't really have the money to to get involved in this, but it, I could see him just throwing a wrench in uh, Van Damme's plans by maybe just just to drive up the price, you know. Um, although I'd, I've never really been to an auction like this, I don't know if you could just walk into the room and you know enter the bid with uh, without maybe registering your your name or some something like that, but. Yeah, normally there's a yeah a numbered paddle. Yeah. Um, but then it seems like they don't have one, <laughs> but that they're special. They're like I mentioned, they're off to the side here in this special section, and they don't need one. Yeah, it it does definitely again seem to sort of go against every movie auction I've ever seen. <laughs> and good for those guys. Yeah. Way to do it differently. <laughs> I'm sure there are different styles of auction. Yeah, yeah. That'd be fun. I want to go to an auction one day. I want to <laughs> do anything been, with other people one day. <laughs> I've been to the auctions. The few auctions I've been to have been more like you go to the the four H fairgrounds and you go to the the big building and it's just a bunch of farm equipment and furniture and odds and ends and it is more of the the fast talking sort of uh, auctioneer experience that you would kind of would expect that sounds great yeah, yeah. got a book ga- got a bookcase once for a dollar oh wow yeah 
Yeah, I, I, I've I've actually helped run a little bit, you know, kind of on the side, uh, take, you know, trying to keep track of things as they were sold uh, mm. at a, at a, the church I attend. Uh, we we never roughly held an auction every other year for quite a few years, probably cool. about ten or so. That last line from Roger, you know, when the price goes to seven hundred, and he is like. As they're bidding, he's referring to Eve as far as what they're paying for and just saying, you know, she's worth every dollar of it. Take it from me is just particularly uh, cutting. Look, she deserves it, but he's harsh. Well, yes and no, because we'll learn things about her. From his perspective, she deserves it. I'm sorry. From his perspective, yes. Yeah. 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 So. Well, and referring to her as this little piece of sculpture too, you know, mm-hmm. is uh, purely just uh, treating yeah, her a like decorative, an object, a decorative thing. Yeah, prize, like yeah. I was saying before. You know? Yeah, yeah. In fairness, he's not that awful. You know, I mean, it's sure. obviously you know, you know, there's obviously like everything is sort of loaded up, but you know, he could again, he could be a lot worse at this point. Mm. Yeah. I don't know about you guys. I I don't have anything else. Um, the only other thing I was thinking about was that you know, and and, and since we kind of entered the auction, I think back in on Monday, you know, uh, maybe Monday, Tuesday, um, that you know, I almost had in the back of my head that maybe the auctioneer is using some kind of a, a microphone, some amplica- amplification, mm. but then because of their need to have this conversation and they drop um, the auctioneer down in the mix mm-hmm. um, so much. Um, we, but we even hear this one guy, one bidder in the audience say 100. And that actually seems so much, at least for me and, and you know, and the files that we have, um, it seems a, a good bit louder than the auctioneer. So mm. All of a sudden, so I mean, and he's certainly he's got to be closer to from where I know where I saw um, the auctioneer is actually kind of almost on the other side of the room, yeah, very nearly than than where they are in this in their special place. Um, I wonder if they're limited to only like four tracks, something like that, eight four tracks yeah. or eight eight tracks mm-hmm. or you know whatever at this point in time. I don't I don't know a lot about sound um, sound engineering though. Yeah, not not yeah. I, I'm not familiar with. Uh, at least this 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 vintage of sound engineering for movies in, in particular, yeah. But uh, definitely, yeah, four tracks would have been uh, normal for music, at least. <laughs> I, I do know that. Yep, that's all I have. Steve, uh, is there anything else from you for this? Um, I'll throw in that um, Eva Marie Saint makes a pretty good Martha Kent in Superman <laughs> Returns. Yeah. Yep. Um, that before. Oh, sorry. I didn't realize I um, was treading um, treading already oh. trodden ground. No, no, no. <laughs> I mentioned it just a few episodes ago that uh, that was – I didn't realize that was her until looking into her career for this. Yeah, um, yeah that's about it. Yeah. Okay. So um, that will be it for today, Wednesday, uh, Minute 88. Um I uh, should let uh, listeners know that they can find the Hitchcock Minute podcast on Apple Podcasts and Google Play or at the main site, HitchcockMinute.com. And then also uh, the social media is available at The Man on Washington's Nose on Facebook and on Twitter uh, at Hitchcock Minute.
Um, so, Steve, is there you want to plug plug one last time uh, before I think you head out? Let me see if I can do a better job of it this time. Sure. <laughs> um, so you can, if you're interested in um, hearing about Star Trek Next Generation episodes from 30 odd years ago, okay. you can check out my podcast that I do with James Moore, Hailing Frequencies Reopened. Uh, and there is a Facebook group for Hailing Frequencies Reopened, which is dropping its first episode on April 6th. Very cool. Yeah. Look forward to that. Um, so I've been uh, I've been Eric Nash, and I was I, I, I uh, Travis and I were on Watchmen Minute together, and yes, indeed. Like I said, I have Almost Famous Minute and Feels Like Weezer podcast currently ongoing. You could check out and Travis. Um, you can find me over on Real Comic Heroes, talking about mostly talking about comic book movies. Coolio. Um, so, uh, this, like I said, this was Minute 88 here on Wednesday. We'll be back tomorrow for Minute, eight, minute 89 on Thursday. See you then. Bye now. Goodbye, Mr. Thornhill, wherever you are.